Every so often, a prospect comes out of nowhere to make an impact at the major league level. Ellie De La Cruz comes to mind as a guy that's trying to do it right now. But you know who just did it? Graham Ashcraft. We'll tell you how he got here. We'll review his 2022 rookie campaign. And we'll tell you what to expect from him in 2023 on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked on Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction to this team into information for you. Locked On Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available on all podcasting platforms, including right here on YouTube. If this is your first time, thank you for watching us on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and click the bell to get notified when we go live. And when we have new content for you, we're coming at you all off season long, keeping you up to date on the goings on of the Cincinnati Reds. And today we are going to talk about a dude who absolutely exploded onto the scene, a, a, a player who just a couple of years ago was not even on a top prospect list. Now he's part of the core of the Reds team and a pitching staff that will hopefully lead them back to success here very soon. And that is Graham Ashcraft. And Steve, when we talk about Graham Ashcraft, he's a dude who, when he broke into the major leagues this past season, we sort of knew a little bit about him because the hype train had been rolling for about a year and a half. But honestly, before that hype train even got started, I mean, he was nowhere to be found on prospect list. He went from a fringe dude to a pitcher that is a key part of the Reds future hopes in just a few years. Well, and, and there's a couple reasons for that. I mean, let's remember that at the same time that Graham Ashcraft was finally putting it all together, uh, and we're going to get into the why of that here in just a second, but while he was putting it all together, we also brought guys into the organization named Ladolo. We brought guys into the organization named Green, and all of the attention was focused there. And, you know, maybe to, to Graham Ashcraft's benefit, Fit. He was able to just kind of quietly sit in the background and do his thing without a lot of expectation and a lot of pressure being put on him. And, and while everybody was looking over there at those other guys, you know, he very quickly figured it out and, and made himself a valuable major league pitcher. Yeah, just to kind of go back to the beginning of his Reds tenure, he was a sixth round pick in 2019. And in fact, throughout 2020, he was not even uh, uh, invited to Prasco to the alternate site during the COVID season. So he didn't get work in the alternate site that so many talk about like, oh, this is when I transformed my game into this and that and the other. Graham Ashcraft wasn't there to do that. He was not even on the top 30 for MLB pipeline in their prospect ranking like to to think of that now that's why i love and, and we talked about guys like chucky robinson and tj friedel guys who weren't necessarily top prospects as it were that doesn't always mean that they're going to be absolutely nothing when they get up to the major leagues or that they can't improve their stock while they're in the minor leagues you know it, it's funny his his prospect profile uh, indicated that he was going to be nothing more than a bullpen guy you know, yeah. he's going to be a guy to come out there and throw a few innings for you here and there. And that was basically all that you were going to get from him. Uh, they, they cited a, a lack of command 
uh, on his fastball uh, as a reason why he couldn't really be a rotation guy. Uh, and then some things changed. Yeah. In, in fact, the biggest thing, and I was looking at this and, you know, if you think about this in 2000 or after the 2019 season, the Reds hired Kyle Bodie. And I thought, well, that's what it was. It was Kyle Bodie was the alternate site. No, it was Eric Jagers working with him in spring training of 2020. In fact, and, and this was a great article in the inquire, I think it was back in June that Charlie wrote it, but Charlie Goldsmith had a great article about Graham Ashcraft's like story and how he came up through the Reds farm system to get to where he is today. And I encourage you, if you've got an inquire, uh, uh, subscription to go back and read that. But Eric Jagers actually, and, and this is almost going to sound like we're trying to start a Disney story a little bit. We're not, I promise. But the whole thing that started out of this is that nobody would play catch with Graham Ashcraft at spring training because he could not control his fastball. It either, it either ran or it tailed. Like it was either a sinker or it was a cutter. He, and he did not know when it was going to do that. It was just going to happen. And you were going to have to figure out how to catch that. And nobody wanted to do that because nobody wanted to get hurt. So Eric Jagers, who was like a pitching development guy for the Reds back then, not even the assistant pitching coach yet was just like, you know what? I'll play catch with him and we'll see what happens. And he even got to thinking about some things. Cause he was just like, is this all random? Does he really not know what's going on here? Or is this something that we can harness? That's where things kind of took a turn for Graham Ashcraft. You know, it's very interesting. Uh, I encourage everybody to jump back into the Lefty in the Bullpen archives and check out an interview I did with Spencer Stockton. He's one of the first ones from the minor leagues that uh, I sat down and talked with. And during that interview, uh, Spencer talked about his time pitching with Graham Ashcraft uh, in the minor leagues and how this uh, new wave of analytics and this new way of doing things really benefited Graham Ashcraft and took him to a whole new level. Uh, we spent a little bit of time during that interview talking about it. I encourage you all to jump back in there and check it out because it was kind of an eye-opener for me. Uh, mm -hmm. Like you, Jeff, I really hadn't put all these pieces together as to what changed for Ashcraft until Spencer told me about it. And that, you know, that before, before, you know, before Kyle Bodie and before Jagers and before all these guys came in, uh, you know, Ashcraft was just another middle of the road pitcher. And really uh, he seized upon this, this new information and technology available to him and used it to basically in a very, very short period of time, mold himself into a major league starting pitcher. And this is really where he took that jump because when you go from a fringe prospect to a key member of the Reds rotation for the future, you got to take a huge leap. And it's kind of like, I even remember Spencer Stockton in that interview with you saying, cause you asked him, you're just like, did you know back then? And he was like, no, we had no clue. We didn't think he'd be doing this. And all of a sudden he's just up there and he's, he's just throwing gas down the blade. He got that cutter that rides up to a hundred. He shot up to the number eight prospect in the organization in 2021, at least according to MLB pipeline, I didn't look at all the different rankings and stuff. This, these rankings are from MLB pipeline, but it, he just absolutely transformed his entire career based on Eric Jagers playing catch with him. 
in 2021, whenever he got the call up to Chattanooga, he had an ERA of 3.36 and 72 and a third innings. In fact, he had a pretty nice strikeout to walk ratio as well. He was doing a little bit more striking out in the minor leagues than he has done in his major league career so far. But I think that that'll probably tick up as he just works on his craft, maybe adds in a few things that we'll talk about here in a little bit. But overall, like that step that he took was very evident. And there's a huge, re- I mean, Everyone was talking about the rise of Graham. If you talked about minor league baseball in 2021, you talked about Graham Ashcraft because he went from out of nowhere to one of the top dudes that anybody was watching. Yeah. And then, you know, he, he picked up right where he left off uh, heading into 2022 coming out of that stellar 2021 down in Chattanooga that you're talking about. Uh, People forget he started 2022 in Louisville. He wasn't even on the major league roster to break camp. You know, he started the season down there with the bats, uh, had a 2.29 ERA in 35 and a third innings pitched for Louisville uh, before getting to the call up to the majors. And then once he got to Cincinnati, uh, it was evident very, very quickly. He was ready for prime time. Yeah. They're in the first like month and a half when we kind of had pegged Hunter green to just absolutely blow up and go crazy. Hunter Green was struggling. Graham Ashcraft was the guy that was trying to hold it all together. Like I envisioned Spider-Man trying to hold the uh, train together with all his webs and stuff, or trying to hold the train back with the building and all that stuff. That's what Graham Ashcraft was doing. He was just like, oh, no, 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 no. Let's not have too many long winning streaks here. I'll be the stopper. I'll figure it out. And he did just that because, he, I mean, he just went from fringe, nowhere, not in the top 30, to one of the absolute key members of the core of this Reds future and, and our hopes for succeeding here in the next couple of years. Well, you know, I, I mean, I don't think it's a stretch to say Jeff that during that initial period after his call up of the three rookies, he was the most consistent early on. Yeah. Now things changed over the course of the season. Hunter green started strong and then regressed a little bit. Nick Lodolo started nervous and, and, and anxious and, and not great but every start got better than the last and he built into something really special, but Ashcraft kind of hit the ground running and, and he kind of just stayed in that zone and stayed in that lane right up until the time where, you know, I think he ran out of gas and uh, you know, coming up here in just a minute, I think uh, it's clear that it, for us, that it didn't take long for Ashcraft to find the success once he got to the show. And uh, we're going to tell you about that 2022 rookie campaign and what we saw during the course of his uh, rookie season coming up next. But before we talk about that, today's podcast is brought to you in part by Simply Safe Home Security. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package theft spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure during the holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Here's why we love it. It's super customizable. It's not a situation where you have to purchase things that you don't need or you don't want in order to get the things that you do want. The system integrates well into your home and is easy to self-install. You don't have to wait for a tech to come out and put the thing together for you uh, and schedule a a time that's inconvenient for you. Uh, They don't bring in a bulky unit that damages your home or messes up the design plan that you have going. Uh, It's very, very easy to just handle it yourself. 
Uh, in an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents used FastProtect technology available exclusively from SimpliSafe to capture critical evidence and verify that a threat is real so that you can get priority police response. You can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. Uh, by going there, you're going to save 50% today on your Simply Safe home security system. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB to learn more because there's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, Jeff, we spent a little bit of time talking about how uh, Graham Ashcraft had a, a meteoric rise, just came out of nowhere to, to really find his way onto the scene for the Reds. And once he got to the big leagues in 2022, uh, he put together a nice season, you know, bearing in mind that he had an injury break in there and he didn't come up right away. He still managed to make 19 starts for the Reds. Now, mm. for those that care about ERA, he had a 4.89 ERA, which is a little bit high. Uh, but you have to remember that there were some starts there at the end that neither of us think he should have made that, <laughs> yeah. that impacted those numbers pretty significantly uh, on the year 105 innings pitch jeff 71 strikeouts 30 walks that's good for a 6.1 strikeouts per nine and a 2.6 based on balls per nine uh, those are pretty good numbers i'll take that from a rookie starting especially your number three guy in the rotation uh, those are those are a solid foundational start to a major league starting pitcher's career yeah, I'm very pleased with the different numbers that he put up. And look, I don't think that Graham Ashcraft, and we talk about how you know he came from nowhere in the prospect rankings to become such a key member of this rotation. I don't think we look at him as the ace, but you need those guys in the middle. You need those solid, consistent starters who are going to get outs and are going to eat innings, and Graham Ashcraft is going to be that guy. The biggest thing with him, and he, he did it in the beginning, he did it throughout, even during the last three starts where he struggled mightily because of injury, he limited the walks. He limited base on balls. The, the ghost, uh, video was not playing very much, at least in his own head. It wouldn't be playing in great American ballpark. They're not going to do that for their own guy, but th there weren't, you know, the worries about will walks haunt Graham Ashcraft. Now he's not a huge strikeout guy, but when you can limit the bases on balls that like he does, it's just something that I think he is going to be able to fall back on that throughout his career and, and what is really going to be the anchor. I, I think, you know, you've got the ace, you've got your key member of the pitching staff, but the anchor of the pitching staff, I, I almost think of that as like the Bronson Arroyo type guy. Like you're never going to think of him as a Cy Young vote getter, but your rotation is much better with him than without him. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you hit on some things that we're going to talk about in the next segment, uh, which are areas of improvement, things I want to see him him build upon heading mm -hmm. into 2023. But, you know, one of the things that jumped out at me in 22, Jeff, is that he just basically kind of overperformed expectations all along the way. Yeah. You know, like, you know, we, we, we didn't set that bar very high, but he constantly kind of overachieved a lot. Um you know, as I mentioned, I felt like he was probably the most consistent early on of the three rookies. And, you know, I think he did enough to, to cement his place as the number three guy in this rotation. Now that's not to say that there weren't some growing pains along the way. And that's not to say that, uh, you know, he didn't run out of steam. I really truly believe that that, that injury, I'm going to air quote it for the viewers and 
the listen, listen, I don't think he was hurt at the end of the season. Yeah. I think he was out of gas fatigue and yeah. he was just tired and, you know, kudos to the Reds for recognizing that and shutting him down. But where I find fault is that because injuries continued to mount and they got into a little starting pitching trouble, mm -hmm. they went ahead and fired him back up. And I felt like that was a disservice to him uh, because when he came back from the injury uh, after inexplicably making rehab starts, I don't, I can't even, <laughs> yeah. I can't even wrap my head around the logic of having him make multiple rehab starts in Louisville at that time. No. But after all of that, he clearly just didn't have much gas left in the tank. He was tired. He was fatigued. He wasn't fooling anybody. Uh, he just, he didn't have it. And I hope that, uh, I hope that that didn't shake his confidence too much because, you know, on the whole, it was a great season. I just, I feel like the Reds allowed, I don't know what's the right word, desperation with the mm, starting yeah. rotation to, to make them do something that they might not necessarily have done. I think it also, you have to factor in the fact that Connor Overton was coming back and they did want to get him a look yes. and they needed somebody to piggyback him with because there was no way he was going to get stretched out in time to, to make starts before the season ended. I think those two factors combined for the Reds to do something that they probably shouldn't have done, which was bring Ashcraft back to the majors in September uh, for the end of the season. You know, they say that desperation is the mother of invention. Not here. It, it didn't work out. And we, we both said it whenever he went on the IL with fatigue. I, I can't even remember what his actual designation was. That is basically what we saw it to be. He, he we had, I'm thought, tired, itis. Yeah. <laughs> we, we all thought that was it. Okay, that's great. He's had a nice rookie season, a nice, he, he got his, he dipped his toes in the water. We're ready to go for next year. And then they just, they run him back out there. And, he, and it really looked like, I think he almost, and you never expect to be done before the season is done. I get that. But I think mentally he had probably started to prepare himself for the offseason. And they're like, no, wait, 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 come back, come back, pitch more. Uh, but yeah, this, this was something too. And you, you mentioned the lower expectations of him. When he came up, we, you, me, Reds fans as a whole, kind of had pitching prospect fatigue. Because we were just like, green, oh boy, here we go. Cy Young first year, not so fast. Nick Lodolo, oh, he's going to be ready to go from the word go. Mm, no, not, not, not quite, not quite. Like you said, they built up into something amazing, but that first stretch was really hard to watch. And even Nick Lodolo would, uh, later on in the season, he referenced that time period where he was just like, I wasn't me. Like I was walking guys. I was giving up way too many free passes, and I hated that. And Graham Ashcraft, when he came over, like, oh, great. Here we go. I hope he's good. I mean, you know, he shot up through the ranks, so that's that's something, right? But, you know, as long as you're not bad, we're going to be all right. And he wasn't. He was pretty solid. And his start to his rookie season really, the, 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 the difference between expectations and reality for him was actually probably realistic compared to what we had with Lodolo and green. And I think because of that, we understood who he was. We see who he is and we're excited of what he can be. Yeah. You know, in a season that was chock full of gut punches, I guess for lack of yeah. a better way to put that, um, you know, he was, he was a, a consistent, pleasant surprise, you know, by the time he really got rolling, Lodolo had the back injury and had to be shut down. Hunter Green was struggling mightily for a period there. Just like basically everybody was taking him yard for a hot yeah. minute. 
and and we were we were all kind of <laughs> yeah we were all having our heads spin a little bit except when ashcraft had a start you know he was a model of consistency you know i have a i, I did an interview with annie sabo that we unfortunately didn't really get to air very much of because um my technical guy yeah. that's me screwed up the audio <laughs> and so my <laughs> audio was horrible annie's audio was great but mine was not and, and in that interview i asked her about the three starting pitchers and which one she kind of enjoyed watching pitch the most and she kind of shocked me because she picked graham ashcraft and you right. know, i think maybe she was on this before even the rest of us were on this that that there was just kind of something different about him so you know i i think that i think that he was probably even better than his numbers show. And I think Jeff, he'll probably be even better than that in 2023. And you know what? We have a few ideas as to how he can take that next step forward in 2023. Uh, part of that does have to do with the low strikeout total that I mentioned, but there's a few other things as to how he can take that game up a notch. And we're going to dive into that here in just a minute. But before we've got to do that, I want to shout out today's sponsor, which is bet online, BetOnline.net has you covered when you're talking about all of your sports wagering information and needs. I mean, literally everything, the latest player developments, team matchups, news, and in-depth articles and analysis on every single game. You can find whether you're talking about the NFL. I know that we've got uh, the playoff race heating up. The Bengals have the Chiefs this week. Can't wait to watch that game. Plus, you've got all the great NCAA football. You've got conference championship week coming up. You're going to have the playoffs coming up. You've got NCAA basketball starting up. Everything can be found for your betting needs at Bet Online because they remain your number one source for all your sports wagering information. They've got live betting. They've got up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Plus, it's the fastest and easiest way to check out on all of the best uh, point spreads, uh, money lines, over-unders, uh, whether you're talking about prop bets, individual prop bets, and team prop bets, different things like that. It's all at BetOnline. You can head there on your mobile device or on your desktop and learn more today because BetOnline is where the game starts. You can follow the podcast or you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow the podcast at Lockdown Reds. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's and you can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two F's. Also make sure you're following us here right here on YouTube. Click that bell to get notified when we've got some new content for you as we will be here all off season. Steve, Graham Ashcraft really put together for himself the kind of, you know, started from the bottom, now we're here kind of story where he comes from outside the top 30 in prospect rankings to part of the core of this team all in the course of a couple of years, but definitely uh, proving it this past season with his rookie year. So when it comes to 2023, there are a couple of things that he can do to take that big step forward and really strengthen the, the pitching staff, which is the strength of the Reds team. Well, for sure. We've identified a few things. And for the viewers here on YouTube, if, if you've got thoughts on what you would like to see Ashcraft do in 2023, drop yeah. them into the comments. Uh, I'll be happy to read them and interact on those for sure. Uh, also, come up and tell us about them. This Saturday at Reds Fest, Jeff's going to be there. I'm going to be there. We're both going to be there. And if you don't see us at Reds Fest, you can also find us at that bingo. And Joey Votto's going to be there. He may be with Votto's us. He might not be. There. Can't confirm. 
I cannot, but I'm going to chase him around for sure. And maybe, <laughs> maybe escorted out by security. You never know what's going to happen, but we're going to be at Red Fest. Hope to talk to you guys there. Back to Graham Ashcraft. You know, there's a couple things you, and you hit on it. You, you teased around it all through the first two segments because it's the biggest thing I think that will make the difference for him in 2023. And that is improved strikeout totals. Yes. He really never did quite find that put away pitch. In 2022, he toyed with the guys. He battled a lot. Sometimes he got the best of them. Uh, sometimes defense for whatever we're going to call what the Reds put out there. Sometimes they would catch the ball. But for the most part, you know, he threw a lot of pitches and didn't put guys away. That is the number one thing I think he needs to improve in 2023. He's got to raise up that K per nine number in order to get ahead. He's got to put guys away. He's got to put guys away sooner bring his pitch count down a little bit and try to get through the, you know, the fifth, sixth inning without already hitting a hundred pitches. I think that is the biggest thing he can do in 2023 to make it better than 2022, as far as uh, an outcome measure. And, and I think it all stems from that third pitch. I, I think that this is something we've talked about with Hunter green ad nauseum. This is something that we should talk about with Graham Ashcraft because when we were kind of mentioned in the first segment, looking back on, you know, the fastball and how he didn't necessarily have control of it because it would either cut or sink, it would run or tail or something like that. He's got to figure out how to consistently throw that sinker. If you go to baseball savant, the cut fastball has amazing statistics. The sinking fastball has terrible statistics. It was as if whenever he threw it, he really meant to throw the, the cutting the cut fastball. So when your two best pitches break very similarly in the cutter and the, the slider. And I remember Chris Welsh talking about this on a couple of different broadcasts. It's just like when you've got two pitches that are very, very good, but they both have similar profiles, a hitter can foul off one of those two pitches and they can hit the other one. So they're ready for that sort of pitch. If he can find a sinker or maybe work in a change up that, that was something on his prospect profile that they said he's got one, but he might mix it in every other day or something like that just because he doesn't have a whole lot of confidence in it. If he can find a pitch that somehow breaks away from the cutter and the slider, he's going to become a very, very good strikeout pitcher. Because like you said, he would get the two strikes quite a bit because he's an efficient pitcher, but he just couldn't get that guy out. So then he tried to nibble and he sees the count come up and he sees his pitch count come up. And it kind of reminded me, it was almost as if Tyler Malley like handed him a torch or something on his way out the door. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you don't need to do that. You don't, Graham, you didn't have to pick it up, man. Just get the out, get out of the at bat. And I think that w once he does that, when he can add a consistent third pitch that does something else besides the cutter and the slider, he is going to be a dominant, dominant pitcher. You know, it's funny you bring up Chris on the broadcast because when he came for the end of season uh, talk here, you know, one of the things he talked about with those breaking balls is that he, he didn't believe a pitcher truly had developed their full arsenal until they have two breaking balls that break completely differently. If you've mm -hmm. got one that breaks 10 to five or, or however that looks, you need one that breaks 12 to six. You need one that just falls off the table. That's an entirely different look. And I think that's what you're saying right now too, that yeah. he really needs to develop one more pitch that has an entirely different look. And I think that I think he'll get there. I suspect that because he came up so fast and improved so quickly and and just pushed through as fast as he did, I think he still has some command issues. I think mm -hmm. that there are times 
you know, even with that fastball where we saw it early on and the reason that, you know, he got identified and, and they started playing catch with him the way they did is, you know, it's good to have some run on your fastball, but when you don't know where it's going and you can't control where it's going, that becomes a problem. And I think there's still some elements of that in there. You talk about he would get to the two strikes, but then couldn't put guys away. Uh, I think that's part of it. He just still lacks a little bit of the command. And I think that's an aspect of his game. He can continue to develop between now and the start of the 2023 season. And that's something too, that we saw Hunter green, really take a leap forward in his final like 10 starts of the season last year is that he didn't add a changeup. He added command and he could tell you exactly where that fastball was going. And if Graham Ashcraft can do that with his cut fastball, oh my goodness, because that was something they talked about a lot. Like he's very good against left-handed pitcher. He has a reverse split because he's very good against left-handed hitters because they can't hit that cut fastball. But then when it comes to righties, righties are able to foul it off and just wait till they can get something to get a base knock with. So I think that that is going to be a huge step for him. And I would like to see because he, he just seems like the dude that if they put it on his plate, he's going to figure out how to overcome it. Like he's not a guy that I believe that there is, there's a block that he's going to run into and he's just not going to be able to do it because he's done it all through his career ever since he was drafted. I mean, drafting in the sixth round, you're not really seen as a prospect and then not being on any list whatsoever for the first two years. At that point, you probably got to start looking at yourself and saying, I either need to put up or shut up. And he really put up and here he is in the major leagues, ready to make a huge statement. And I think that this is something he can do. And almost, and also to your point about being brought up so quickly, I think that plays into it as well, because probably when he got to the major leagues, Derek Johnson was just like, congrats, kid. Thanks for getting, or, you know, congrats on getting up here. Let's see if you can stick, just stick to what you're really, really good at. They weren't going to try to add too much last year. This is the year you take that step. Absolutely. And, and you know, the other piece, Jeff, and, and we say this about all pitchers, right? I mean, we want them to be healthy. Health, yeah. health is key. And Lodolo and Green both had some legitimate injuries and then some stretched their arms to the end of the season shutdowns as well. <laughs> but Ashcraft really... And I, correct me if I'm wrong. I only remember the one injury stint that was for him being tired, right? He didn't go yeah. another stint when he was injured, right? So he's demonstrated an ability to kind of be a bulldog, to be healthy. Uh, the thing I want to see for him in 2023, he had 19 starts in 2022. I'd like to see that expanded to 23, 24, 25 starts, somewhere in that neighborhood. I'm Definitely. not looking for him to go out and start 32 games, folks. I, I don't want them to, to add that many innings that quickly. But if he can make, you know, five to six more starts in 2023 than he did in 2022, manage his innings well, five or six innings a start, which is kind of the new norm in Major League Baseball, and just kind of continue to chug along and keep getting better, I think that's a win. And I think that puts him in prime position for 2024 when we think this team is going to be good. So that's kind of what I'm looking for for him in 2023. Continue to build command, continue to work on that put-away pitch, be healthy, eat the innings, make the starts, and get better. I think that's the measure of success for Graham Ashcraft in 2023. Well, the key with him is just we started from the bottom. Now we're here. Like he is a huge reason why we look at how the reds can be good in 2024. Like you said, that could be the point where his career is to the point where he can make 30 plus starts in a season. 
and the Reds will absolutely benefit for it. But that's going to wrap us up for this this edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Uh, coming up tomorrow, we are going to continue to look at this team in the offseason and how they can get better for 2023 as we approach Reds Fest this weekend. So excited to get down to the Duke Energy Convention Center for Reds Fest. We'll be there on Saturday, both Steve and I, and we'll be celebrating and just having some fun talking Reds baseball with whoever wants to. And uh, hopefully that's Joey Votto. We're going to see if he would like to agree to a conversation with us. But thanks for making Lockdown Reds your first listen here today. Now check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day can all be found on Lockdown Sports Today, and they do it in 22 minutes or less. Lockdown Sports Today is just like Lockdown Reds. It's available on the Odyssey app, it's available on YouTube, and it's available wherever you get your podcast. Steve, the out, the off season is droning on here as the stove is lukewarmish here in Cincinnati for the Reds. Not really a ton of rumors going on about whether or not the Reds are going to go get whoever. It's, tepid. it's a tepid stove. <laughs> it's a tepid stove. So what can people expect from you and me? Well, they can expect us to continue to monitor the transactions, continue to follow the rumors, and they can expect us to be hyped and full of energy this Saturday at RedFest. We want to talk to you. Come up and talk to us. Say hi. Ask questions. We want to see you, and we want to help you be locked on Reds every single day.